Good morning, OCC. Welcome online. So pleased that you're able to join us on uh, this Sunday morning. I get excited by these Sundays. Obviously, on the, the second and fourth Sundays, we meet in person at United Reformed Church. And then on the first and third, we gather online in, in various spaces around our county. And uh, and we also gather in gospel communities where we, we share stories of how we've been seeking to live as disciples, making disciples, as we've been seeking to live as extended families on mission. And so I get excited on these Sundays as we hear the stories of just how we've, we've sought to be Jesus to those people that have come across our path. Uh, and so if you're in a gospel community, um, be excited as you gather this afternoon and you eat together and you spur one another. And we dive into God's word about seeking what it means to to be followers of Jesus. If you're gathering with us online this morning, then uh, thank you for being with us. We're, we're just going to worship together. We're going to gather around God's word. We're actually going to unpack a little bit about what we experienced last week. We had 24 hours of prayer last week as a church and God uh, poured himself out and, and we experienced him in, in a way uh, that we weren't expecting. And so we're just going to unpack a little bit of that uh, and where God seems to be leading us in this new season, really just get a sense of the newness of what God is doing uh, with us as a people, uh, as he's inviting us to step into his story for the sake of Stratford-on-Avon, as a, on the, uh, for the sake of the 130,000 people that live around us and, and next door to us and within our own homes to be able to reach them with the, with the gospel and the good news and the kingdom of God. So as we as we gather this morning, let's just let's just orientate ourselves towards God, shall we? Let's just let's just bring our attention back to him. Uh, you may have a million and one jobs to do wherever you are right now. You're in the middle of doing something else. Uh, let's just focus our attention on God. Let's just come and give him the full worth that he is uh, worthy to receive. So let me just read Psalm 145. We read it last weekend. I'm just going to read part of it again, just to focus our attention on God. It says, I will exalt you, my God, the King, and bless your name forever. I will bless you every day, this day, today. I will praise your name forever and ever. The Lord is great and highly praised. His greatness is unsearchable. One generation will declare your works to the next. Maybe your kids around you right now. Just tell them how good God is. Maybe your grandparents, maybe whoever it is that's around you. Maybe just tell uh, another generation of, of another family. Just, just, let's just declare that the, the, the one, uh, one generation will declare your works to the next and proclaim your mighty acts. I will speak of your splendor and your glorious majesty and the wondrous works. They proclaim the power of your inspiring acts and I will declare your greatness and I will give a testimony of your great goodness and will joyfully sing of your righteousness. We're going to sing right now. Uh, why don't you, whatever you're doing, just start to joyfully sing. Let's be a community that sing of the Lord who is gracious and compassionate, slow to anger and great and in faithful love. The Lord is good to everyone. His compassion rests on all he has made. All you have made will thank you, Lord. The faithful will bless you. They will speak of your glory, of your kingdom and will declare your might, informing people of your mighty acts. Amazing psalm of, of, of magnifying God uh, towards each other. It's spurring one another on. So we're going to come and we're going to sing right now. So why don't you just, why, it might feel strange, but why don't you just start to sing? Scripture commands us to sing. It says, sing a new song to the Lord. Sing, sing, sing every day. It's saying here, sing joyfully of your righteousness. Just start to sing uh, in your homes, in the spaces and places you find yourself, in your car, wherever you are right now. Just start to sing and let your soul respond to the majesty and wonder and awe of who God is as we worship him right now. So God, will you receive our worship? You alone are worthy to receive all glory, honour and praise. And we worship you, King of Kings, Lord of Lords, Majestic One. We worship you now 
as your children, your community, we worship you. I love you, Lord. Oh, your mercy never fails me. All my days, I've been held in your hands. From the moment that I wake up until I lay my head, I will sing of the goodness of God.
Ian, good morning. How are you doing? Good, thank you, John. Yes, doing well. You? Yeah, doing well, thank you. Great to be online and be able to chat. Um, and we're going to kind of take a little diversion. I say a diversion because we're in a series about encountering Jesus, and we're going to continue talking about encountering Jesus. But we're going to kind of reflect a little bit on where we've come and what we've experienced so far with what God seems to be doing. Um, I'm kind of excited because it's it's spring, so it's a new season, uh, and it's a, a new it's a it's morning, it's a new day, it's a new season, um, and, and it feels like it is with the church as well that God is doing something, something new. Uh, I think it's exciting. God's always doing something new, but it just feels like he's doing something newer. <laughs> um, and it, it's exciting to be a part of. And, and so we're just going to explore a little bit about um, what we experienced last week with the 24 hour uh, prayer and, and where that led to uh, and just what God seems to be doing. And unpack that a little bit as we're encountering Jesus. Does that sound good? That's great. Cool. Yeah. So we're going to start in Acts 2. We're going to start in the Elim chapter uh, of the Bible, uh, the Pentecostal chapter of the Bible. Um, I've heard so many sermons in Elam churches on Acts 2, um, but it is an amazing portion of scripture, isn't it? It's where we see um, the spirit fall at Pentecost on those that were gathered there uh, for the for the feast. And um, I just wondered, do you, do you want to read some of that to us? Yeah, I'll, yeah, just read verses one through to four, I guess. That yeah. would be a good place to start. So, on the day of Pentecost, seven weeks after Jesus' resurrection, the believers were meeting together in one place. Suddenly, there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty wind in the skies above them, and it filled the house where they were meeting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them, and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in another language as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Great. So just, just reflecting on... 24 hours of prayer last week um it was it was amazing to be a part of wasn't it just just to see what god was doing as we saw people come in just walking off the street and, and let us pray for them and um you know without without sharing uh, confidences we saw god move powerfully in people's lives uh, a, a tangible experience of god's presence um and seeing people encounter him for the first time and it, it led to this moment on sunday morning where we kind of scrapped the service didn't we everything that got planned went out the window um which sometimes i think can be the little marker of kind of like you know we think that's the higher the highest thing to achieve is when our plans get derailed but but actually sometimes we, we prayfully plan those things and it's just as much god's plan and our plan but actually what he did on that sunday morning was um sort of take things in a direction that none of us were expecting and we didn't preach we just worshiped and invited people to be filled with the spirit and encounter god's spirit just like we read here in acts chapter two to be filled with the spirit what, what do you think that means? What, what's your thoughts around what we read in this chapter here and being filled with the spirit? What does that mean? Yeah, it's a great question, isn't it? I think theologians have grappled with that yeah. for a long time. But I think there's something of, of um, an encounter with the triune God, Father, Son and Spirit, mm. um, in which he draws us into relationship with with God. And so there's the salvation, isn't there? The new birth. Yeah. But then there's this, um, as Pentecostals would call it, like the, the second blessing, you know, subsequent event salvation that occurs that gives us a, a boldness in our faith mm. that maybe wasn't there before. It's not that we're not saved and it's not that we're any less of a Christian. I think that's really important because. I think there's a lot of damage being done in the church, um, generally, not, not our church, but the church, 
yeah. um, around some of that, where people who wouldn't label themselves as Pentecostals have, have, have maybe felt put down by Pentecostals and vice versa, you know, that sort of theology war. Um, but I think there's this sense of which uh, the availability of the spirit to us as God's people is that it, he was poured out on everyone who was present. Yeah. So all the all the the first believers who were gathered in that space, he poured he was poured out upon them. Yeah. All gathered in, uh, and I find it interesting really that they were in one place. There was unity, and I think where people are in unity, God pours out His blessing and His His His, his presence. And so to be filled, I think there's there's, um, it was in a corporate setting, but there was an individual response. Well, that that's seemed like tongues of yeah. fire on, on above each each head so that, i think there's a personal encounter that we we have with the spirit that changes changes us in a way that helps us to helps us to fall more in love with jesus mm. to be become more like jesus and then to do the things that jesus has called us to do because without the spirit we're just doing good works, really. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that that is the, the empower. I've heard it described as like the empowering for service is where like we get the, yeah, the, the courage, the boldness, the sense of uh, stepping into things uh, ministry wise that we, we couldn't necessarily do on a, in our own strength. Yeah. Um, and it's for, for us as, as you know, we're, we're an Elim church, we're a Pentecostal church. We believe that this is a subsequent uh, baptism in the spirit to salvation. As we see, we see, I was just looking as you were speaking in Acts chapter eight, uh, as um, Philip, I think it is, Philip uh, goes down to um, Samaria, the people in Samaria that, that have received salvation. And so, yeah, okay, we receive something of the spirit in salvation because without the spirit, we can't confess that Jesus is Lord. So yes, they, they've got the spirit in that sense of being able to confess for salvation. But then he asks them the question, have you received the Holy Spirit? No, we don't know what you're talking about. And so they pray for this baptism of the Spirit. So this, this idea that sometimes, you know, I, I don't think God's limited to it being separate in that sense. I know some people that have got saved and had a baptism of the Spirit all in one moment. But we would acknowledge that they are, they are, they are subsequent, they're separate things, separate events, that, that um, one for salvation, the other to empower us uh, to live the life that Jesus calls us to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So it is a subsequent event. You're absolutely spot on. In Pentecostal theology, that's how we, we would understand it and teach it. Um, I think the, the, the important thing is that there is an encounter with the spirit that changes us. And, um, and I, you know, John, I, here we see that they, uh, they spoke in, in other languages, you know, so maybe people there on Sunday would, would hear us speak in a, a, a heavenly language it wasn't french it wasn't arabic or anything like that it was it was a heavenly language so we maybe deal with that a bit later but this was a these were languages that people around them understood and it bore witness to the gospel it bore witness to jesus it was like oh, what's going on here you know just what are these people are they drunk um, you know um but they weren't clearly they were there was the as the spirit enabled them they spoke yeah without that it, they would have just been a nice prayer meeting yeah you know and 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 so i think the the result of the spirit uh, filling us and empowering us gives us um yeah propels us out into mission actually the spirit's given for mission primarily 
it to draw us to be more like Jesus, love Jesus, absolutely. But that love for Jesus then propels us into the world. And and if yeah, so I think that's probably one of the key markers for me. Of, yeah, because ultimately the spirit is is God. It's yeah, yeah. you know if we're not careful, we end up with a a really bad theology of the Trinity that we think God the Father, He's the big He's the big boss. Then Jesus does the bidding of the Father, and the Spirit's this one we don't really understand. But actually, this, they're, they're three in one, and so uh, you know the Spirit is God, uh, and so you know I think this this idea you spoke of a minute ago, it's the triune God that we encounter. It's the the three in one that as Christians that we worship. The Spirit is integral to that. Um, and has a role within our lives as we live for the glory of Jesus. Yeah, yeah. So the the understanding that the um, the Trinity is distinct in persons, mm. but in fundamental essence, the character, the the the, the godness, if you like, the same. So they there's no conflict, and it's tr the unity of the Godhead is absolute perfection, and we we struggle to get our head around that. Um, but the spirit is is the is is a, the third person of the Trinity, and and you know it, it does maybe it shouldn't, but it does wind me up a little bit when people refer to the spirit as it, as if yeah. he's some in yeah. a, you know abstract force that is an a, an it. He's 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 per, a person, not not like you and I. The the, the that yeah. So I, I for me that is um, yeah. That's really important that we refer, I think we refer to him as him, yeah. not it. Because um, if, I, if, if I was talking about you, you know, and yeah. I'm saying, oh, it's over there, it's pretty offensive. Uh, you know? And then so I think a language is important because it, it, I think it, it makes him accessible to us in a way that he draws us into fellowship with him. Mm. and into into fellowship with the with the godhead the triune god father son and spirit and and i think that does something for our relationship with god and with others mm. once we understand once we we kind of grow in that and you know i'm very careful and i think you, as you are that we don't we don't set like we've got some knowledge that others don't yeah because actually this is it, that's rubbish that's Gnosticism. Like we have some special knowledge that you've got to do this, this, and this to get to. Actually, the, the only prerequisite for encountering God is a heart that's longing to to worship Him and come before Him and say, "God, I'm Yours." Like we don't have any special knowledge. It's it's, a, it's God who reveals Himself. Yeah. So it's like position yourself in such a way that says, "God, I'm open to You," and He'll 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 do what only He can do. And and then just one final thing, I'm sure you've got some other things to say, but like actually in the context of community, and that's really important. Yeah. Because if you've got other believers who are who are a little bit more mature in these things, you know, you you can bounce ideas off one another and guide. Yeah. Because he's holy, he's the Holy Spirit. And whether we like to believe it or not, there are some unholy spirits. Yeah. And so there's count there can be counterfeit. Yeah. Um, yeah, and so I think the context of community, helping one another grow in Christ-likeness, is really important. That we, um, yeah, we submit to one another, and um, and seek to honour Jesus in all that we do. Yeah, just just two things. I think that I think what's interesting is that in the contemporary church, um, we would be 
less Trinitarian than historically the church has been. You know, I've recently been studying a lot of the Celtics and you look at Celtic Christianity and their prayers were saturated in the Trinity. Yeah. It was Father, Son and Holy Spirit. Um, and, you know, some might be critical and say, well, you shouldn't pray to the Spirit, you pray to the Father through this, in the power of the uh, you know, it's God. All right. The biblical norm might be that we pray to the Father through the Son and the power of the Spirit, but He's God. I, I can pray to the Spirit when I need power uh, from the Spirit to 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 live in a way. I'm 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 asking the Spirit, uh, and and this the, the historically through the church, this this idea that God is three, I think, is, is something that we need to regain back in the church. That He's three in one, and I think you, what you were saying there about actually that the outpouring of the Spirit is in community, that actually with each other we we can discern. We can be accountable and we can we can help each other because actually what we see in Acts 2 is that there's all manner of different people that are there. Uh, I spoke on this a, a few months ago, but we see in, in Acts 2 that you've got the committed, you've got the confused and you've got the critical. Um, you know, you, you've got some that were saying this is utterly amazing. You've got others that are saying, what does this actually mean? And then you've got some that are saying these guys are drunk. Yeah. Um, and, and, and I would hazard a guess that any time the spirit is poured out, that can be the experience of people in the room. And no doubt when we were um, stepping in and pressing into what God was doing on Sunday, that may have been the, the summary of different people in the room. Um, but I think what you're saying there is actually it's it's it, if we're going to if we're going to be the people that Jesus calls us to be and we get close to Jesus, then we'll encounter the spirit that, that leads us to live the life that Jesus calls us to live. Yeah. Uh, yes, because the church, Jesus um, in, established the church to continue his ministry. Yeah. So with, without, without the spirit, then it's impossible to continue the ministry of Jesus. And so to, to, to continue the ministry of Jesus is to do the things that Jesus did. And. Um, so I think from a, from a, from reading the scriptures and from a Pentecostal theology, you know, understanding of Pentecostal theology is that that, that can't then have stopped with the apostles because how, how then can the church continue to move in the things of, in the ministry of Jesus? So there's, I think that, that day in Acts, the outpouring of the spirit was for, for them then, and for the generations of believers that were to come to continue the work of Jesus. Um, yeah, it looks like you've got a scripture there, John. Well, it sounds like you're moving into Ephesians 4, you know, the, the, yeah. So I'm just wondering if we, we read Ephesians 4, because it talks about them being the, the gifts of Jesus. So it says, and he himself gave some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, and teachers equipping the saints for the works of ministry to build up the body of Christ until we reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of God's son growing into maturity with a stature with a stature measured by Christ's fullness so actually the, the gifts of the spirit Christ is the focus of them because they're Christ's uh, gifts to the church through through the spirit yeah yeah because it's all about Jesus isn't it all about Jesus I mean everything so the, the, the ministry gifts that we find here and then the, the, the flow, outflow of the gifts of the spirit in 1 Corinthians 12 and 14 and uh, Romans 12. By the way, I, I'm not sure about you, but I don't think those gifts, are those lists are exhaustive. No, I, I think Paul gets him. We can end up putting Paul into a box, can't we? When he starts yeah. a list, like if you've ever started a list, you're like, oh, no, how am I going to stop this? <laughs> We're going to get because actually it's, it, it's 
I think that the, the, the creativity of the spirit is so yeah. expansive. Yeah. And, um, but he, he kind of says that these are some of the things that you, that, you know, these are the things that he would have seen in operation and actually see in evidence in Jesus' life. Um, you know, those, uh, particularly in Corinthians, those gifts, don't you? Yeah. That's, that's kind of like the ministries of, uh, ministry gifts of that you see in operation in Jesus' life. So I, I think that as l- every, everything that ge- Christ gives to the church are so that we can continue his work. Yeah. And where Christ did it perfectly and fully, like, so he's the greatest apostle. He's the greatest prophet. He's the greatest teacher. He's the greatest evangelist. He's the greatest pastor. Like, if you want to be pastored by anybody, you want to be pastored by Jesus. Yeah. Because So he's, and he's all of those things perfectly. Whereas when Jesus ascended to the Father and now rules and reigns at the right hand of the Father, he's, he's at the right hand of the Father. He put they, the Father and the Son poured out the Spirit yeah. so that we could continue the work. Because one day Christ will return and establish his rule and reign. And so I think this, uh, this here then, John, is that we see the, the, these, these ministry gifts given, poured out by Jesus, are so that we can do that, but we need each other because yeah. none of us is the perfect apostle. None of us are the, per- are the perfect teachers. None of us are the perfect prophets, evangelists, or pastors. Yeah. So together, expressing those ministry gifts um, actually bears witness to Jesus. I think it's interesting, isn't it, that actually just to touch on you saying that some would say that these gifts stopped with the apostles, but actually this text makes it clear that it, it was it, it's never about the apostles, that this is this is about Jesus and that this isn't that the gifts don't authenticate the apostles, the gifts authenticate the message of Jesus. Um, and and so we have apostles and non-apostles using these gifts throughout the scriptures uh, and it empowers them to proclaim the message of Jesus. And in doing so, what what Paul's writing here in Ephesians is actually, all right, we might lead the church in that sense, but we we need these gifts in the church. This isn't about some of us are called to be pastors and we pass. No, you you might not have the title of pastor or whatever, but you're still a pastor because that's the gift that God has given you to build up the church. Uh, And uh, unless unless I'm mistaken, I'm not sure the body of Christ has been fully built up yet. And so I, I think God is still giving these gifts to the church to build up and equip. And I need equipping as much as anybody else. And so we need that within the community of the church uh, in order to be the body of Christ that he's calling us to be into the world. Yeah, absolutely. Because the church functions better, doesn't it? When everybody's released yeah. into the, the, the things that Christ has purposed us for. And, um, you know, I, and we operate according to the grace given to us. Right. So the. Like, so within my role, uh, you know, I get the opportunity to um, express my gifting beyond in the local church and beyond the local church. And I, I love being part of the local expression. Like, so these conversations, being a, involved in local church leadership, investing in people locally, I, I love it. But then there's that God has graced me to be able to express that beyond and, and, and you in the same way beyond some of the spheres of influence for others it's expressed solely within the context of a local body and it doesn't mean to say that it's 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 lesser than yeah it's, it's operating according to the gift that God has given and so as we 
as we express that, actually the body's built up. Because if we don't, if we don't express it the way that God has designed us to express it, I could say actually we're, we're, we're hindering the ministry of Jesus on the earth and his witness to the world. So it's, it's not never just about the internal workings of the church and how we look after ourselves, but it's always like, how do we bear witness to Jesus in the way that we live our lives in community and with responsibility for that which God has entrusted to us as an individual to serve the wider body? Yeah. Uh, on Sunday, we, we led people in 1 Corinthians 12. We started reading 1 Corinthians 12. I'll go the right direction in my Bible. Um, and find 1 Corinthians 12 um, and just started to speak out these gifts that the, the spirit has now this is as you said earlier this isn't the only list it's not an exhaustive list um but nonetheless it is it is a list and um I, I wonder what your thoughts are in the sense of you know you, you referenced it earlier about speaking in tongues and for Pentecostals that can often be like you know I, I think of, of some streams of Pentecostal churches where it's it's the sign it's the evidence that you've been filled with the spirit I think historically Elim did hold that position we don't anymore I think it's it's healthy I think isn't it isn't to say you know we had one position actually we've, we've studied the text and we've got theologians within our own movement that have challenged our thinking on things and actually I think the danger can be actually when we elevate some of these gifts and say if you've got that one then you're better than everybody else um, and and actually, what are your thoughts on that? What what are you what are you thinking? Well, I think it's rubbish because I've I, I'm trying to think. I'm, I'm sure I've met some people who spoke in tongues, but they're actually horrible. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Outside yeah. of the church setting, they just you you wouldn't want to go on holiday with them, and you certainly wouldn't want to have a coffee with them. And so, like, just because somebody speaks in tongues doesn't mean they're Christ-like. In so there's a, there can sometimes be this disparity between the fruit of somebody's life and the gifts because the yeah. gifts that God are given the, the fruit grows as we abide with Jesus and actually the the greatest power comes when there is a, a unifying of character the fruit and the gifts that the spirit has given yeah and so I um said like speaking in tongues it's I would say it's low bar yeah it's an evidence and it's a it's a gateway. I think it's a gift that God gives to to some, not all. I, like that, it's not my decision as to who, yeah. who would speak in a heavenly language. Is it? Would God desire it? I, I think we just seek God and worship Him and see what happens, really. And if you if we feel like God is stirring something in our spirit to speak out, begin to speak out mm. and um, begin to just exercise. But that the speaking in tongues is is one. Um, I think I'm looking. What I would be looking for are are people are people mature are, are people more in love with Jesus? Mm. Actually, they're more desiring to be about mission. Yeah. Because we think back to uh, you know earlier in the conversation, we're talking about Acts two. Uh, the Spirit was Jesus said in Acts one eight. Um, you'll you know wait into Jerusalem. Yeah. Pour out the Spirit. You'll be my witnesses. He didn't say, wait in Jerusalem, pour on my spirit and you'll speak in tongues. Yeah. Or you'll prophesy. Or he said, wait in Jerusalem. I'll pour out my spirit. You'll be filled with the spirit and you will be my witnesses. So like the benchmark for me would be, are we becoming more desiring that other people who don't know Jesus come to know Jesus? Yeah. And then as we do that, I, I think the spirit gives us these gifts in order 
want to build up the body, but also to, to help other people come to a knowledge of you. So you take faith or healing or words of knowledge. You know, you and I will know people who will operate in those gifts and they'll go out on the street and they'll, 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 be, they'll pray and they'll seek God and they'll maybe have a word of knowledge for somebody that opens up a conversation about Jesus yeah that bears witness to Jesus it's not about I've got a word of knowledge about you and I'm going to blab it out you know just because I can that's 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 not how it works so yeah speaking in tongues and the other gifts I, I, they, they are they are that the gifts yeah and we exercise them we can um, develop in them grow in them but I, I'd be really hesitant to um to put a label on various gifts saying, well, because you do this, you're more yeah. spiritual or more like Jesus. Uh, I liken it. I liken it to, um, I've played a lot in bands uh, and music and, and uh, you know, you can create a sound when you're on your own, but the sound that is created when you get multiple musicians together and when they start to play in unity, something happens. You, 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 I don't know if you've ever watched musicians and they just start to smile at each other. Uh, it's because it's just because we're we're in unity with each other. And, you know, you might have done a hit or something, and, and no one was no one had rehearsed it, no one had planned it. But you're all playing together, and you, you hit that hit at the same time. And but it's funny because within bands, there's a hierarchy. So um, one way you can tell that the stage is level is that the drummer draws out of both sides of its mouth. <laughs> you know, we're always ripping the drummer apart because there's this hierarchy in the band. So every every area of society, there's a hierarchy. Um, and, uh, and I, th I think the danger of that is with the gifts that you can create this hierarchy when actually the point of them is that together they create a sound of God moving on the earth that people can't ignore um, and, and that it is about his glory being displayed. And I find it fascinating, isn't it, that if you look at 1 Corinthians 12, 1 Corinthians 13 and 1 Corinthians 14, we've got the gifts in 1 Corinthians 12 and we've got the gifts in 1 Corinthians 14. But 1 Corinthians 13 is this chapter about love. Yeah. And that actually that this, this whole thing is saturated with love. And, um, and he tells us, pursue love, pursue the gifts. Um, and, and I just find that fascinating that, that Paul would write this inspired by the spirit, just saying, you know, to, the, to this church that actually is, is, um, is, a, is, is essentially kind of misusing the gifts. It doesn't understand they're an immature church, aren't they? And, and just saying, look, let's saturate the gifts. It's, it's not about the gifts. It's about being saturated in the love of God uh, and being with Jesus. And as you're with Jesus, you'll become like him. And then doing what he did is, is 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 the gifts of jesus you know I'm, I'm thinking of you know something i've decided for years is words of knowledge and i, I pray for, i pray god will you give me words of knowledge and i think it used to be me wanting them because i'd look great you know just being able to go boom into somebody's life you know but uh, that, that that immaturity is gone it's, it's i still desire it because god i, I want to see you move in people's lives uh, and for them to not have any doubt that it's you speaking to them and when i look at the life of jesus i think of of john 4 when he's speaking to that woman at the well and he just has a word of knowledge for it. he just says this yeah you're not living with your husband yeah uh, and and as, as we're with jesus and i think for me that's the maturity of i've i've grown in a desire just to be with jesus and if he gives that gift then praise god if he doesn't but i'm going to desire it because actually at the start of 1 Corinthians 14 he says pursue love let everything be saturated in love and desire the spiritual gifts especially that you may prophesy yeah. so there's this idea that what what does it look like for us to pursue them in our lives the gifts of the spirit I just, I just wonder as we, as we bring things to a close, what, what does that look like in your life? How, how do you desire the gifts? Maybe, maybe especially prophecy, but, but all of the gifts. Yeah, it's a great question. I think for me, you know, one of the, one of the things that I've, I've prayed for often, not every day, um, 
and but would be that gift of healing actually mm. I, you know and again like you i would um you know you you, you filter through your motives of your heart don't you, and you yeah. um and i think you know now it's that sense actually just driven by compassion for people and and so but even now you kind of you filter in the motives all the time like nobody ever comes to this with with completely pure motives yeah so i think that but that's part of the process i think of us seeking god is that we bring all of those things before him and allow him to filter that stuff out and 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 be open to be used by him so i think for me seeking seeking i don't seek the gifts in in the way that uh, you know my devotions every day i'm going lord give me this gift and um, i'm seeking jesus the gift giver so i'm pursuing love yeah and out of that i'm going lord uh, each day i guess I'm, I'm trying to step into each day going well what do you want to do today yeah. make me available and if there's an opportunity to pray for somebody i'll pray for somebody if i i, I guess I'm, I'm trying to get a little bit braver with with the prophetic and yeah. words of knowledge and and, and sometimes, you know, you, you get that right and other times you don't, you know, I, I think it's just stepping out and trying to be, be encouraging to people. Um, uh, so I, I think, you know, sometimes you just get this little thought, don't you, in your mind, and you kind of go, is that, is that me or was that, was that too much pizza the night before, yeah, you know, yeah. that kind of stuff. And you go, and actually there's, there's nothing lost in just saying, like, I, this is what I, I sense the Lord saying, wait up. You know, I'm not saying thus saith the Lord and putting a weight of it on. Yeah, I yeah. am. I am right. Um, so I think it's, it's it's have a go and and believing that Jesus actually wants to use us to extend His kingdom, whereas we sometimes don't do this because we don't feel like we're worthy enough. Or why would He use me? Yeah. Because you look. Because often we compare ourselves to the people and go, "Well, he's using he's using them, and I'm not like them, and I don't have that opportunity." And the reality is that that other person is probably going, "Well, I'm not like them." Absolutely. And, so they, and it's all that kind of this thing. And you go, "Just I think we just got to say, God, this is who you've made me. This is how you've designed me. I'm really thankful that you're doing that through them. Yeah. What do you want to do through me? It's about not putting us at the centre, isn't it? It's about saying, you know, it's not about me. It's about you, Jesus. Absolutely. Yeah, and so that that for me is what it looks like to pursue the gifts is to be open. Yeah, to, in the moment to being used by Him. And now I used to think that God gave us a little package of gifts that 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 was what we would be stuck to. Mm. I'm not sure I believe that anymore. Yeah, I think I, I think I'm more along the lines of the Ephesians four where we've got a predominant ministry gift. So apostolic or teacher yeah. or prophetic or evangelist or pastor, I, I think they're probably more um, more permanent, actually, because that's I think that's about character, personality, calling. But I think with the gifts of the spirit. I think God, I think God's looking for an openness of heart and it, it, we, we may have a have a, a tendency to f be more comfortable with a few or yeah. use more regularly with a few. But I think God's just looking for an open heart to say, in that moment, God, what might you want to do? Yeah. And use me, because it's not about me anyway, it's about you. It's Absolutely. about your being extended. And that actually as a church, we're seeking to be a church that build each other up. And that isn't just, that's not a case of a couple of us stood at the front leading people into this. We really believe that God is going to raise up 
um, you know, people within our church with the prophetic gifting um, and, and, uh, and see the gifts move with the healing gifting. And, and we, want, we want to see that everyone, uh, John Wimber used to say the phrase, everyone gets to play. Uh, and it's true. It's, it's, it's God's gifts to the church to build up the church for the sake of, of the world around him. And I, I think we might find, be surprised by what God ends up doing. You know, I was reading a little while ago about Spurgeon, and he's, he's someone who would say that the gifts aren't for today uh, yeah he finds himself preaching and he starts to prophesy over someone as he's preaching saying you stole your gloves that you're wearing from an employer uh, and this guy's just like his, his face just goes pale and he could, tries to get to meet him at the end of the service and goes into Spurgeon's private office uh, and says you, you, you how did you know how, how can you possibly have known that this was this was the case and, uh, and so we see there that just just God speaking through Spurgeon and um, I'm just getting with one story um, I, I just believe that God's going to give us stories of him moving as we step into this and we're going to give opportunity in our services, we've increased ministry time and just said, look, if you want to receive healing, come forward and pray. We're going to say, God, if you, if you want, if you want to uh, encounter God through his spirit, just, just come forward. Just let us start to pray for you um, and, 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 and invite people to get closer to Jesus. And in that, um, receive what Jesus has got to give them um, to empower them, to live what he's calling them to live. And there's a story that um, I just, I get excited when I hear stories of what God does. And I think I told you this story very recently of a guys at a conference who um, uh, has, has been away from church for 10 years. And he went away from church because his life completely fell apart and he was um, he was cycling and he got hit by a car and his whole life just fell apart. And uh, he, he moved away from God, fell away from God. And he finds himself at this Christian conference and um, somehow finds himself at the front being being prayed for. And he doesn't know why, isn't that? It's often the way, isn't it, with God? If you find yourself somewhere, you're going to have an earth you got there. I've had moments like that. And there's this guy that comes up behind him. And as he's walking towards him, he just gets this picture of um, a guy on a bike and then everything goes black. And um, he's, that's a really odd picture to get. So he just puts his hand on this guy's shoulder and just says, I just felt... Um, God, God give me a picture for you that there was this man on a bicycle and he's riding and everything just goes black. Um, and the guy just breaks down and starts to cry. Um, and it's a uh, long story short, it's this, this moment that he realizes that God has seen him. God has been with him. He might've drifted away, but God's never drifted away from him. And he recommits his life to Jesus. And uh, he shares this, this moment with the guy that's in the conference that he knows. And, um, and they get, they get him up on the stage the next day and they, they, they ask around the, the, the auditorium who, who gave this picture who's like this this guy who just can hear God through pictures and just speak it and uh, this older guy stood up and said I think that was me and so they said how how confident were you that it was God and he went 10 percent 10 percent confident this picture's from God and they turned to the other guy who received the the, the word and he said how glad are you that this guy shared his 10 percent and he went 100 percent and I think we just need to we need to get ourselves out of the center of the story and realize that God actually wants to reach people and he wants to use his church to do it. And this isn't about you and it's not about me. It's about the church completely coming together around the gifts that he's got for his church in order to see his glory and his power reach the ends of the earth. Right. Great. Great story. Great story. Absolutely. And I think we're going to see more in, in our church, in the church of God moving um and so uh, yeah just excited with what came out of the 24 hours of prayer and we're going to plan some more we may not be able to stay up for the whole 24 hours that was pretty exhausting <laughs> but it's amazing what god does and i just sense this stirring in prayer as well as we increase prayer and we increase the desire for, for being with jesus and becoming like jesus and doing what jesus did so uh, it's exciting time to be part of occ isn't it it really is it really is john i
God is doing a new thing. He's pouring his spirit out upon us and we're going to keep pressing in. We're going to be a people that uh, orientate ourselves around his presence. Uh, and so we're not, going to, we're not going to try and cram his presence into whatever we've got planned. We're going to orientate what we've got planned around his presence. And we're going to be people of mission. We're going to be people that don't try and cram the mission of God into the format of our church. We'll format our church around the mission of God. And so that's the season we're in and we're exploring all that God is doing as he presents himself amongst us. And we'll, we'll put things in our diary, in our calendar, in our life that orientate that and with the mission of God. And so I want to encourage you um, over these coming weeks, uh, we've got some things planned and we're going to slowly start to introduce those into the life of our church. Uh, seeking to create a new rhythm as we've come out of this past season where our rhythm has been thrown up in the air uh, and, and mission as well. Just really excited that um, we're seeking to relaunch our meals uh, around um, uh, Saturday. Every Saturday we're seeking to, to partner with the United Reformed Church and feed vulnerable adults, those that are lonely, those that are hungry. So if you're interested in being able to help feed uh, people 
in Stratford-upon-Avon at the United Reformed Church on Saturdays, then please get in touch with us. I'm really excited because this Easter, we're not able to be in the United Reformed Church for a, for a morning service as we would normally be. And so I am so excited because God's given us this opportunity. We're orientating ourselves around his presence and around mission. Then we get to do a mission on Easter Sunday. Historically in our church, pre-COVID, we would have Celebrate Easter where we did this big sort of festival thing on a, on a, on a Easter Sunday. Well, what we're going to do this Sunday, this Easter Sunday, on the 17th of April from half past 12 until two o'clock, we're going to put on food. We've been speaking a lot about hospitality and maybe that's the, the method of God's mission to reach people is, is actually give those people that are hungry something of the kingdom of God tangibly. And so on Easter Sunday, we're going to put on a community meal. We're going to have a, an Easter feast. If you're able to help with that, maybe you can come down for an hour, maybe the full hour and a half, maybe a little bit before and after just to help set up. We, we, we would love to get as many people as we can to host our community. Maybe you can invite your neighbours. Maybe you know someone in our town that is lonely in the district of Stratford-on-Avon that could just do with being around other people on that day. Why don't you bring them? Why don't you invite them along? It's an opportunity to see God's kingdom invade people's lives. And so um, I want to encourage you, maybe you can't be there Easter Sunday. Maybe you've got other plans. Why don't you intentionally host someone that weekend? Why don't you intentionally seek to say, there's someone that I know that could really do with being around people or need some food or something you can do just to host, be hospitable uh, over that Easter weekend. But if you're able to help with us as a church, that'd be fantastic. Um, other than that, we've got some exciting things happening. Make sure you sign up to our e-newsletter uh, and we're just going to keep pressing in, pressing into God's presence and keep stepping into God's mission. So uh, church, thank you so much for being online. If you're in gospel communities this afternoon, have an amazing time. Connect with your uh, WhatsApp chat and your leaders to find out when and where. Uh, but spur one another on. Let's step into those gospel communities with a sense of joy and anticipation of what God is going to do as he breaks in, as we orientate ourselves around his presence and his mission. So uh, I'm just praying God's blessing over each one of us this coming week, that we would know that God is with us. His spirit is in us. Maybe you're praying right now, fill me. Come Holy Spirit, come and fill me uh, and let me let me have a fire for your your, your mission. Uh, maybe that's your prayer that I pray as you, you receive that with faith that the Spirit will propel you in order to be who he's calling you to be, who he created you to be, and to display Jesus to those around us. So let's go as Spirit-filled people, declaring Jesus in every space and place we find ourselves. God bless you and have an amazing week, and we will see you next week at the URC at 10.30.